Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And I'm Zoran. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of The Last Graduate, book two in The Skullamance by Naomi Novik. All right, what'd you guys think of this? Dare I say, I liked it, which is such a turnaround from last week. Yeah, Zoran did not like this book. I think you held I think you held your your hater status like it, it wasn't you weren't too bad about it. I think there were parts that you seemed to like of the, the No, I was drinking the haterade as like yeah. Chad would say. She was taking sips of the <laughs> haterade. You were chugging it. I think that this book definitely um for me like the plot developed in a much more interesting way. I liked uh Orion. I don't know, like yeah, everything about this just kind of felt like it was moving forward in in a way that I could definitely get more behind than in the first I feel like the first book like there were some things that happened for sure but it was just so much like sidetracked kind of like info dumping and there was definitely a lot of that here too but I don't know for some reason I, I think I was just able to kind of just sit with what was going on and and feel like I was reading more interesting things yeah I, I agree with that completely these books I don't want to say they're like info dumpy because my main complaint about the books is not having the world built enough but there's so much info dumping i'm gonna use the word anyway there's so much info dumping that i feel like happens but then i'm left still very curious as to like the way the general world works outside of the scholomance how the scholoman itself works we learned a little bit more about how the school works which i liked in this one but still it seems like we're told a lot of information but not necessarily the information that i want to, to hear Am I alone in that or did anyone else feel the same? No, I, I definitely agree with that. And a question I kept asking myself was, am I actually enjoying this more because the book itself is better or am I just getting used to the way Naomi Novik delivers information to us and I was just like sucking it up? I don't know. Where, I don't know what camp I land in. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of really align with what you're saying, Chad, about like, yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting information, but it's not like all information that I necessarily care that much about. Like, I feel like it. Yeah, it's it's over explained in ways where I feel like I'm still not getting things explained to me, which is I think that that might just be the style of this trilogy. I mean, I think I, I kind of mentioned in the previous episode where it's like, to me, this feels like Elle has been given a journal and she is in kind of like this very hectic very kind of like stressed out mindset and she's really just pouring her whole thoughts into this and i think if you look at both of these books through that lens of somebody who's like who's like legitimately terrified of what's going on in this school then i think it helps a little bit because it's almost like talking to somebody who is very freaked out about something and you're trying to like kind of talk them down and they're kind of just like rambling you know that's kind of the vibe that I'm kind of getting from this. And it actually kind of improved my reading this time going into this book feeling like that. Because, I mean, the tone changes in a certain way because of Elle's relationship to the other, to her class, and actually some of the freshmen and stuff too. Um, but, like, her, her, she, I feel like she's just kind of one of those people who is kind of just always stressed out and just never really is just always about to take their next breath but can't quite catch it you know she's yeah. very tense she's very tense yeah. and she doesn't have a spell for that you'd think there would be one how to not be a chill out spell. A cadabra. <laughs> um let's get into the recap and then we can kind of talk about some more specific things about not only the plot but about uh i really did like you know the way that L developed and the way that Orion developed and the way that L and Orion developed. They're dating. 
<laughs> They're dating finally. Who could have foreseen this? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, let's hit it. All right, let's do it. The book opens right after the freshmen have been inducted. Elle is now officially a senior, and she has gotten the message from her mother warning her to stay away from Orion Lake, which Elle promptly ignores. She and Orion also don't know if their attempt to fix the machinery for culling mouths in the graduation hall was successful or not. As classes resume, Elle notices she is the only student being, being attacked by mouths. She suspects that it's because she was meant to be dark, destructive, balancing elements to Orion's heroics. But because she hasn't gone in that direction, the school is trying to take her out. Her alliance, Elle, Adia, and Lou, ends up taking on Chloe, a New York enclaver, in order to get access to Chloe's power sharer, because Elle is using excessive amounts of mana, trying to fend off mouths to protect both herself and those around her. When Elle fends off a particularly difficult malattack that is seen by many, kids start to see her as possibly a really important piece, a game-changer, quote-unquote, in the struggle for dominance among the enclaves. Outside Skolomance, it's suspected that there may be an enclave war that's brewing. They know from the freshmen bringing in news that the Bangkok enclave has been destroyed. Most notably, the Shanghai and the New York enclaves have been headed toward a power struggle since there is a reallocation of the distribution of Skolomance seats coming up soon. The Shanghai enclave was formerly an ancient, small enclave until 40 years ago when a powerful, game-changing artificer decided he wanted to remake his family enclave instead of joining a more influential enclave. In the 80s, Shanghai demanded that the Skolomance include a Chinese language track before it was English only. However, currently, the, the distribution of seats is still tilted towards English-speaking enclaves, so that it is more competitive to enter from an Asian country. The animosity between Shanghai and New York results in the Shanghai kids distrusting Elle, since they see her as being aligned with Orion and Chloe, both New Yorkers. They've also rarely been in the same classes due to the language barrier. On the school's field day, the Shanghai Enclave launches an attack against Elle, which she manages to rebuff, since they see her as a tool of destruction that will later be used against them and their families. Meanwhile, Elle has been training the mouse familiar that Lou gave her, Precious, and translating the Golden Stone Sutras book that she came across last year that contains very rare spells to build an enclave. Despite her invite to join the New York Enclave, Elle starts to imagine a future where she travels the world, helping to build tiny enclaves instead of having all the power, safety, and influence of enclaves being held in the hands of a select few. At the mid-year point, the senior classes are officially over, so they can prep for graduation. Part of the gym is turned into a training course with simulated mouths, though it is still dangerous because real mouths can hide in it to attack students. After a near death for one of Elle's friends, who was saved by someone Elle dislikes, Elle realizes that she isn't satisfied with protecting just her alliance or even just her friends. Instead, Elle becomes determined to figure out a way to save her entire class. Elle's friends support her idea, and kids who don't love the idea understand that compliance is their best chance to survive. Soon, they are doing training rounds with increasing numbers of kids. Despite all this, the Chinese-language kids are still skeptical of Elle and refuse to participate. One day, the Shanghai Enclave attacks Elle again when Elle and Orion are alone. They are able to defend themselves, but then Elle's allies arrive, ready to join in the fight, and it looks like a showdown between the two groups is about to happen. However, Elle uses a powerful spell to cause everyone to stop what they are doing. She uses the opportunity to reiterate in, Ch in English and Chinese that her only goal is to get everyone out alive, 
After that, the Chinese-speaking kids start to come around to trusting L. The training course gets progressively more difficult, but the group keeps reiterating and improving their strategy to be able to meet its challenges. Still, L thinks about how even after her class gets out alive, it will only be a short while before the culling mechanism stops working again, and tons of kids are being slaughtered again each year. Then, one day, the school reveals a path, beckoning Elle to visit the graduation hall. She goes and realizes it is completely free of mouths, so all of their training is unnecessary. Moreover, Elle starts to think about how Skolomance has a bit of a mind of its own. The original stated mission of the school was to protect all young wizards. In actual practice, it ended up heavily favoring enclavers and the mal-culling machinery failed so that three-quarters of each class of students dies. Elle considers that perhaps the school was never out to get her. Instead, it was pushing her and challenging her so she could help it fulfill its original stated purpose. Elle emerges from the hall with the realization that the Skolomance wants her to find a way to fix it. She immediately tells the others what she's learned and what she thinks their real goal is supposed to be. As kids consider this and share ideas, the school reinforces Elle's message by punishing those who don't get on board. Eventually, Lou pitches the idea that perhaps the goal should be to lure all the mouths from everywhere into the school, and then proceed to destroy the school. That way, young wizards everywhere, including ones from outside who currently have very little chance of survival, will be safer. The next few months are spent perfecting this ambitious plan. When the big day finally arrives, Elle and Orion end up sleeping together, and Orion professes that he wants to be wherever Elle is, even if it's not New York. Elle then shares with him her enclave building dream, and he agrees to do it with her. When graduation starts, all the kids file out, starting with the freshmen and ending with the seniors. An elaborate speaker system has been set up to draw the mouths deep into the school, with Orion responsible for using his enhanced combat abilities and mana-generating abilities to fight and create a barrier between the students and the mouths. Elle stays inside near the exit to be able to cast the final spell to destroy the school, locking the mouths in the void. The strategy goes according to plan, but when it's finally time to leave and the window to do so is quickly closing, Orion hesitates. There is a maw mouth, a very dangerous maw, near the exit, and there's a possibility it could escape behind them. The book ends with Orion pushing L out the exit and staying to kill the maw mouth. Okay, so I think I'm going to ask the most obvious question first, and that is, do you guys think that Orion is alive? Oh, yeah. He's coming back. He's alive. He's alive. Yeah, I think we can all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting a happy ending, like a super happy ending here. Yeah. I, I mean, it started, I mean, the whole series started pretty, um, on a pretty low note, I feel like. And it actually just kind of got lower for a while. I think that this, totally. this book, this book definitely seemed a little bit more, I don't, I don't, lighthearted isn't the right word for it. It wasn't as much of a bummer. That's a real good way of putting it. I think, especially because all the students start working together. All the like uh, animosity and the barriers between them, both like culturally and I mean, yeah, they attack each other a few times, but in the end, they all kind of like hunky dory, uh, uh, hold hands and and uh, get out of there. So I think that like everything with these books, that balance is super important. And so I think the the devastating minute to minute of like so many students dying and kind of the darkness that this story started with will be the juxtaposition to which the lightheartedness to which it ends with. And I think this middle book was a good representation of that. What do you think, Azran? Well, I was just about to add on while what Evan said about like the mood of the book was that it kind of corresponds with the mood L is also in. A deadly education, L spends most of her time being all 
sad and grumpy and mad and angry and all of the emotions that correspond with negativity. Um, but then this book, she's making friends. There's camaraderie. She gets a boyfriend. There's a lot of good things working out for in their favor. So I think that also contributes to like the overall feel and mood of the book. I would totally agree. And I liked uh, L a lot more because I remember at the end of the last book, I was not a very big fan of L as a character. I really liked the story. I really liked the book even. But L was just kind of an annoying character to me because she just couldn't allow anything good to happen to her without her being super bitter and like kind of working to make that good thing not happen in her life. Uh, but in this book, I feel like she didn't do that so much. And I feel like she grew a lot and I wasn't so annoyed with her at the end. Did you notice that um, none of our predictions were correct? <laughs> what was, she, what was X's across the board? Yeah. Wait, wait, I don't remember what I happened. said. I thought there was going to be a betrayal and there wasn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it almost mirrors the first one in a lot. And it's like story progression and its structure in the sense that it's like it's a lot of like classes and the way that Elle feels about stuff and like uh, kind of like uh, politics and cliques of Skolomance and like them to, like learning a little bit more about it and then it all kind of like culminates at, at the end in like this one like thing they have to do like that involves like the structure of the school and like you know what I mean like it just kind of felt totally. like it kind of felt like like a new hope and uh force awakens like kind of <laughs> like oh like like oh we're like uh we're destroying the the death star oh it's like a giant planet but like it's basically the death star You're like okay cool yeah like, okay well when you put it in that context yeah yeah they're like kind of the same book <laughs> yeah With, oh, like very, very similar there's different things happening I mean, there's different things being thought about there's different things being talked about there are a lot more revelations in this book totally han solo <laughs> i'll see you in hell and like pushes her through the gate <laughs> <laughs> you can't go out oh there you'll freeze to death <laughs> yeah. one thing i will say about this book that was like i don't know it's like i might have enjoyed a little bit more about the first book was there was more minute to minute danger in the first book more people like dying unnecessarily and just like there was danger literally around every corner and behind every door in this one she's the only person being attacked for like the first half of it there's a bunch of baby mouths running around and then the book is not really about like the school life lessons, like what's not really, it's not even really about the exciting fights that happened in the first book. It's really like lots of talking and politics and making alliances, which I didn't find was all bad, but it was just, I don't know. I kind of wanted more attacks. My you wanted that. more vibes? I wanted, wanted more, more I wanted, vibes. I wanted more violence. You want more violence. <laughs> more violence. I think like a decent amount of that action kind of felt like it happened off the page almost, or it almost yeah. like, if not off the page, like I feel like, the way that Novik writes it all out, it's all happening so much. It all just kind of becomes like this blur. So it'll just be like, oh yeah. And then like this kid died on the stairs or whatever. And <laughs> you know, and then like, yeah, maybe like, that's well, intentional. Only three students died this week. Right. I think that might be intentional um, because there's like a certain kind of like banality to it all. And like, you know, it's all just like everything, everybody is in so much danger at this school. Um, but yeah, I, de I definitely feel like um, a decent amount of the action was just kind of like told to us for sure. Okay, so I have a question for you guys, if you can help me understand something about the story here. And I think I'm supposed to know it by now, because some of the students are getting there's like a um, some animosity between the the Chinese speaking students and then the rest of the school because they have less students less like um, chances to get into the school. The school like, skews that's English. 
It like yeah, it like, and, and it's like biased towards English speaking people. Like yeah, and I'm wondering like how does it get decided who gets to go to the school? How does that get chosen? And what sort of insane parents are like, well, let's send my parents to send my school to this super deadly school, uh, send my kid to this super deadly school. So like how how does it get chosen as to who gets to go? I don't know. Um, okay. I mean, I, I do know that like um, the way that I'm kind of looking at it is like it seems like this school. I know this doesn't answer your question. I'm just kind of like heaping another question on top of it. But like uh, the school's intention is to the school's like its own character, right? L has like this weird like relationship with the school and stuff. And like the school is like the whole point of the school of is to like protect these kids. Right. Which is and like, insane. well, and so like that's the whole the, the idea the worst job ever. Right. Well, like, but that's the that's like the is that something that's kind of slowly being revealed to us is like there's some kind of like weird hijinks and the machinations going on with these enclaves with regard to the Skolomance itself, Ooh. where like we have like this kind of like war brewing, but like we haven't even we haven't really seen any of it. We just like heard stuff about it. But also like are the English speaking like enclaves, do they have like is there like a power imbalance outside? It's like a, is that power imbalance like affecting the, the Skolomance? You know what I mean? Because like if it is sure because because like the scholomance already is like um biased i guess is the right word toward kids that are connected to enclaves already right so it's like maybe i'm trying i'm again around i'm trying to get to your answer but like we're also in the second book here and i don't think we have the entire picture yet um but well, i think well, that mentions a few times like filling the seats like each sure. enclave is assigned like a certain number of seats but like obviously that's not the whole story because l is not from an enclave so yeah i thought that that had maybe i misread the seats thing because i thought that the seats was like i think the seats just meant literal like seats in the school <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like or like oh yeah i don't know go ahead zaran well no seats correspond it's like a spot for a student totally yeah i think that's what it meant i think when i was reading it i don't know why but like i thought it meant i thought it meant seats like um like how like a state senator has like a seat you know what i mean like i thought it was like a position no, i was thinking i was like, like are oh. these like, congressional seats like, i didn't know yeah that's so obviously not that, voting a minute it's and then so they're much be, like, less complicated <laughs> god i'm so it's, i can't read <laughs> it's kind of a hard pill for me to swallow to think that the school is like actually trying to protect all the students that's like like its actual goal because like every time the, like every time the school the school seems to do the exact opposite of ev what everyone wants have happened if you think you're safe you're going to get attacked if you stop believing the school exists it stops existing and then you poof out of existence with it i guess like the polar express in santa <laughs> yeah that, i think that's the, that's the point i was believing that's the point i was trying to make though is like um i think it was initially supposed to be like this like mal-free zone where kids could go learn but i think that it's kind of like since then been like maybe controlled a little bit more by the english-speaking enclaves than like we're led to believe or like there's some i feel like there's some sort of outside influence on this school um unless it's like there's just like this natural thing where mouths start to come into a space like this just over time but like i don't know like is it, is it just that the school is just not as good as it as it thought it was at protecting these kids or like yeah is there or... some kind of nefarious thing going on here I'm not even sure if I read the book now. <laughs> you read the book. 
I just like I feel like I shouldn't know I should know the answer to this but I it's a blur of information like honestly like I try my very best to to stay on top with like whenever we're doing podcast books and stuff I try to read it as close as I possibly can but like I feel like for me because I did this one on audiobook and I think I tuned out a little bit of this I have to be like totally honest I think I did tune out a couple things because it it is just like a flood of information like there's I think that um it really like uh, it goes off track so easily it's kind of talking about one thing and then it kind of just goes to this other thing and you're like wait where the hell was i and i, I had to rewind like a couple different times because i was like what the hell is going on right now like i totally forgot yeah what we're even talking about and i think it's just like i said a couple times now it's like it's just the way that these books are written like it just jumps around so much and like it's explaining a monster at one point and then all of a sudden it's explaining about like why something looks the way it does and then after that it's explaining like um something about the enclaves and like the history and like somebody that founded something and like what this book means and it's just it's all on like one page you know and it's just it's a roller coaster so yeah if you forgot something you know this book is vibes so the episode is going to be vibes everybody i feel like this book this is kind of sidetracked but i feel like this book the series would benefit from like if you're eyeball reading um it would benefit from having like pictures in the Maybe, book yeah. just having because on the book, like diagrams. the end papers are like the Scalamance diagrams. I feel like we needed pictures of the some of the mouths and like the type of Malificaria with little diagrams or something. Because with the way I know we're repeating ourselves with this, but the way like this book is narrated and you're fed information through L's stream of consciousness, it's just like she blows past pieces of information that are important so freaking fast and then she's on to the next tangent where it's just like oh it's this type of mal and it's doing this like i feel like the only mal i actually know is know what it is is the mom mouth yeah Yeah, totally and i just feel like i would like to know what things are yeah that thing that attacks l kind of earlier in the book uh, when she's with the freshmen and stuff and like you know has to like get all the freshmen out of there which i have another point about that actually but like let me just tack on uh, let me just finish this one i don't know what that monster looked like and it wasn't it wasn't a mom mouth or mom mouth or whatever. Uh, it was a whole different thing. Even the, the chapter was called like what attacked her. And I have no idea what, what, what. <laughs> pointing at her forehead. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Do you have the name? And then there's also Leskits. Yeah. Leskits. It's the, so the monster, so the monster is called Leskits. It was like one of the chapter names. Um, and yeah, I mean, it like kind of jumped out. It was like, rah, ah, and then and she was like, oh no. And then like, so that's, it's fine. I just, I, in my mind, I can't picture what that thing actually looked like. All, they all look like evil octopus in my mind. Like with like lots of eyeballs and like horns. You know and, what and, Mom like, Mouse looked like to me? What? Raftars from like The what? Force Awakens. What are those things? Oh. <laughs> you remember, it's like the angry little octopus ones with like the giant. Oh yeah, from the ship. Yeah. <laughs> They look like see-through um um job of the huts to me. See through. Oh yeah, that's actually yeah, like cool. gelatin job of the totally. huts. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Maybe with more mouths and more eyeballs. Maybe it's like a or maybe like a mist wraith, you know, how it kind of like absorbs the prey and it becomes like part of the body. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's just creepy. One thing that I was able to answer in this book that I was kind of stoked about was I, you know, and I'm still in this episode, I'm guilty of making fun of parents who send their their kids to the school. Like, what the hell, parents, if like so many kids died. But it was stated, I learned in this book that 95% of kids who grow up without the Skull Man school, like outside, get killed by 
um the mouths the, by the mouths that come yeah. along that's, so that's why it makes uh, sense that they're gonna like you know destroy all of them essentially in like but totally. what i was having a hard time but buying... they send them to the school to, just, i want to finish sure. my thought, but yeah, to yeah. go to the school they have a much higher likelihood of living even though it's very low going into still the school die. it's higher yeah. than it would be on the outside so, so I got that's, that, that's I fine i think that's a cool bit of world building for sure what i didn't buy really was like they're gonna get all of them like with this like in the whole like, world i guess it wouldn't matter they don't necessarily need in to get all minutes? of them I, yeah i mean like i guess it would be a marked improvement seeing as 95 percent um die but yeah i don't know i thought that was it seems like maleficaria are created because of like how much and how much like good magic there is in the world like there's a big a big like underlying uh, subplot of balance going on here. It seems like the more good magic, there's an equal amount of bad magic that happens. So it's like, did they actually accomplish anything by killing all of the Maleficary in the whole world? Because it that's really like funny that you back. mentioned. I was actually gonna. Uh, that was one of my questions that I had written down here. It's like because of this weird balance thing. I mean, like because um, one of the main points of the first book was that because of the things that Orion was doing, it was having like this adverse effect on everything and that seems to be like a thing with these this series is um balance you know uh, every action has right. a reaction um and i'm wondering like is there going to be some kind of like other shoe that drops if they if they because uh, so this drops me into my my other question um l didn't finish her spell but like also there's a thing in the book that she that she has that says something like because like she was into the second half of like say, saying the spell that means that it like eventually it, it'll eventually it was, she had gone past the point of no return with the spell itself oh yeah because you remember they, they built that speaker system so like her part of the spell had to trap so even though she was done speaking oh, right. the rest of the spell had to travel throughout the school through the speaker system so she had some le um extra some... time for yeah. from the um the delay because like the book ends without us knowing whether or not again kind of similar to the first book uh you know like it ends with us not really knowing if this plan really worked um right and and we don't know if orion's alive but like orion's probably alive like i think we can though she didn't uh the book didn't end with her getting some advice that she promptly and enthusiastically she did not immediately. she ignored that <laughs> advice so hard she was just like like bah. thanks for nothing mom <laughs> munch 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 <laughs> starts eating the page which uh, i guess had a spell on it which is why she ate it it took me a reread to figure that out though i was like why is she eating this paper so i think i think i, I think i know my answer for this question but i wanted to ask the, both of you um why didn't orion just leave with l like he could have you know like so so oh, ahead, so, so okay okay so i think that because i forget the names of the two uh mom mouths uh that were guarding patience the gate and fortitude. thank yep, you totally. nice. uh patience and fortitude i think they were worried about one of those two coming out hot on their heels and he was kind of like i'll hold them but back he could deal with it outside of it behind when... me I know. You know what I mean? Like it's like I, I think he could was, still deal with any fallout. I think it was too be better if he did leave and then I think it was, it was to... well no cuz like Do you remember the, when that scene where Orion was confiding in L about how you know how no one wants to actually come to the Scalamance because they know that it's a death. This was going to be the second thing. Yeah, okay, go for cool. it. But yeah, Orion this. was like, I've actually never wanted to do anything more in my life. Yep. I love hunting mouse and 
he said but he told um, her that he wanted to be with i'm oh, sorry i'm getting ahead of myself yeah is- but no he, i think but his passion for being like hercules and a hero is totally m- more important to him than being with l i think he was in a mouth to carry a berserker rage the bloodlust yeah. was upon him like i highlighted a passage about how much he loved like um how much he loves killing mouths and i'm like is orion admitting to just being a psycho right now right seriously yeah he's really intense about it he really is yeah he's pretty much uh he's kind of a psychopath for sure and you know, and it even goes into the back to the balance thing it kind of goes into the book at one point is kind of um uh hypothesizing that them even existing at all is due to like the balance of like there's like one student who gets off by killing people and there's like her she is like the off opposite of orion there's like there's one of these type of wizards that are like this powerful born every generation and it just so happens to be like two of them this generation but they like offset each other somehow and the balance structure or something mm-hmm. maybe him staying in there was something that would balance it out too Ooh. Maybe he like understands magic on a deeper level or something. Well, he creates in like an insane amount of mana, like enough for everybody to use. He supplies the whole enclave. Totally. Well, and they, I saw a theory on Reddit that was essentially like, like L and um and Orion together, like the school would never have changed without both of them. So like that's why that's like one of the reasons why L is just like well it's cool if I save my class but as soon as we're out of here like there's not going to be another opportunity for like like uh, wizards like me and uh, Orion they're not going to show up together at this school again and have an opportunity to fix the issues here you know what I mean so it's, it's like, like a perfect they're, storm they're, sort of they're just they're both just so freaking powerful in their own respective ways which is also really important too you know. Mm. So do we think that the school is destroyed entirely or is it just being sent into the blackness void? And like, do, I mean, I, I think that it was, yes, it's sent into the void. But do the students think that what they did was destroy it forever? Or do they think that it was cleansing it and making it permanently a safe space for the next year of students? I don't think the school was sent into the void because there's got to be a reason to read book three right yeah totally everything didn't go to according to plan technically i mean they got everybody out the only thing that didn't seemingly go according to plan was like orion being like oh battlegasm and stayed behind right the way i read it was orion shoved l through the doors before like she could finish everything because they wanted to go out together i mean i think like like zaran said we got a third book so i wouldn't be surprised if like something went haywire and the, they have to go back to the school oh, for or, sure. or something like that um but the, but you but guys, the third book is called i hope okay. it doesn't like i don't i don't i don't want that to happen personally but like i mean the, the last book is called the golden enclaves so it's like it, it seems like l's plan of like starting a bunch of little enclaves uh is like gonna be a pretty big part of the next book maybe dude hmm. like, i bet you the first enclave that she creates is gonna be the school Boom. Oh, that's still going to happen. <laughs> Maybe, actually. Yeah. Damn. Maybe. That sounds Maybe. right, right? Yeah, it sounds. I mean, it sounds and, like possible. somehow gets Orion back and then he's like, yeah, I can stay here killing things forever. And like. Maybe they'll like restructure the system of the Scalamance so it's a safer, more equitable place for wizard and wizard kind, you know? I could see that being an ending for sure. 
I just don't get why it's so dangerous. Because if it was created to be keep the kids, safe, I think it's something to do with the Enclave War entrance point. I think it's got oh, something think, to do yeah, with yeah, it's, so it's the Enclave War. It's, it's You're like, talking me into that. I mean, like other than like, it's either that or the school is just like not very good at it. Like, which is just like not very interesting. Like, why write it like that? Like, I mean, I guess yeah. If you want monsters in your school you can make the school that you turned into a character just happen to be not very good at doing what this like <laughs> anthropomorphized like right. school did. i mean my I understanding know. is that the school itself is in a on like a like an extra uh astro but like you know astrological space or whatever like a little like um but it's not in an enclave. reality space just like an enclave is though is that like a different Proto astral uh, space. I don't think the enclave. I think the enclave is just like more of an idea than anything, isn't it? Like, isn't it like it's a club? Yeah, it's just like a club it's of a people. Club. That, it's like a group club. of people that hangs out in a city. Oh, but I think it's like an actual place. I thought it was like an actual reality. No, I don't think that's like an I, embassy I kind of. I thought it was like yeah. I thought an enclave was like just literally like a a group of wizards. No, they like mentioned a, in the first book that like there's only one of the one of the advantages to it is there's only one way in and out of it. It's that way oh. they can like protect wow. themselves. Oh, that really yeah, shows yeah. It's like definitely I missed a place. That. Wow, Ooh. never mind. I, I thought it was like. And then they mentioned. I didn't know it was like a wizarding elks club. Like I thought it was like a, like just like like I didn't know there was like a big like area that people they all do they all like yeah. live there and like. It's no, like I think a it's VFW. like a go grocery shopping. Oh, okay. I don't know. I think it's like yeah. a like a dimensional pocket that's like attached to our reality that they have like one entrance that they can control in and out of, and that's the what the enclave is. Is this like proto astral dimensional plane pocket that they've created? But then, why would the enclaves be named after cities? Like if they're not even because like... that's where the entrance is, and I think yeah. I think... Oh, I guess that makes sense. Oh, wow, because they sorry, mentioned one. They mentioned like the London one. Yeah. No, no, dude, there's so, like I said, there's so much that's given to you in these books, but like I said, I feel like all the things that I need to know and want to know are not, like, how, what's the selection process for the students going? Why are all the mouths going into this, like, place that's specifically designed to be protecting this kid, the students? It's like, yeah. but obviously they knew it was going to happen when they built the school because they built in the, like, purification system where, like, twice a year, the, like, fire you know goes and yeah, but like that doesn't even insane. work and like it i think yeah. something i think something got broken on purpose because like why wouldn't uh, some of the enclaves that are sending their kids to the school intervene and like fix this like why did why they did to, l have to but they yeah, why dying. didn't they do it better like how come l was able to do it but not these like fully trained wizards you know what i mean like yeah one sure. in a trillion i guess uh, yeah <laughs> i guess like, it comes back to that tell yeah. them, like it's okay to have a maintenance crew no, for right. sure. There should be a people... That's what I'm saying. You know? I mean, they even just... make them. They're the artificers. It's true. But they're just not <laughs> they're not good at it. Uh I, I wanna I wanna do a little bit of a nitpick here. Uh I don't know if any of you caught this, but like this is just like my own personal kind of like if there was one thing about this series that I'm just kind of like annoyed with, it's like a good example is L before she saves all the freshmen, she's just like no student in their right mind would do something like this. It would be so, oh, so and yeah. it, it's just like, well, then don't. If it's so stupid, right? She's like, I'm definitely not going to use all my mana to save them. And then she immediately uses all her mana. I know, to save and them. it's just, it's just like, it's just. I'm not saying it's bad writing. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just, it for me, it's just like, 
really lame. Like, it's just really lame to, it's like when Stephen King, Stephen King does this really annoying thing where he gives away the whole farm, like a third of the way into his book sometimes, like, cause he just thinks he's mm. being like, he'll be like, and it was the last time he ever saw her or something like that. And it's like, why oh. would you write that dude? Like, why would you, like, why, <laughs> why would you, I'm, I'm eventually going to see what actually happens. Why are you telling me? I like, hate it when they like, say shit like that. In and so, too. so like with with this, it's just it's a little annoying because it's, I feel like it's happened a few times now where it's just it's just like oh, like obviously I'm totally not going to do this thing that I'm about to. I would be so stupid to do it like this. It, nobody in their right mind would ever do something as stupid as what I'm not definitely not going to do right now. And then like in the next paragraph, she just does it, and it's just like okay, like I, I kind of I could I put of it together. That- yeah, sorry, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I, as the reader, I feel like I feel like it's just spoon feeding me a little bit too much. You know what I mean? Like I feel like totally. I can put it together that it would be a silly thing to do with the other information that was given to me. Like you don't have to like be so heavy handed with it, you know. And I think that to be totally fair, I think that putting it in a first person perspective like this, it gives you a little bit more of an opportunity to have L have a little bit more of a um. It's kind of like a snarky attitude about it. And it's like, it's almost like a self-reflection on her part. So I guess it kind of does work, but like on a certain level, but like reading it, I'm just like, ugh. like, I don't know. This is me. I'm no, I get what you're saying. And I think by Elle delivering us the information the way she does, I think this would have worked better if it this was like a strict, this is Elle's diary. This is her journal entry. This is a transcript of what happened through Elle's eyes stuff like that versus like told in past tense in the first person like this is still first person past tense but like she's telling us this as it's currently happening but i feel like it would have it would have worked better if she was telling us that story like oh this 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 time the freshman did this and i told him not to do that because they would drain my my mana or like footnotes footnotes would have been really cool stupid thing like what if it was told the third person but you had footnotes from l with like the first person and then you could like divide all of your like snarky like cool attitude parts which i i do like those parts i think they're totally fine i think that there's when they're thrown in to this smoothie that is this entirely new world entirely new mechanics entirely new rules and then all of that and then like to do it in a way where you you have to learn all of this stuff with a character telling it all to you who is completely all over the place and like it's just ah, it's just a little bit it's just a little bit grating sometimes because like i i think the reason i'm so frustrated about it sometimes is just because like i really like this world build i really like it and i feel like the idea of it is really cool i feel like there's so many elements of it that are so awesome and they're just kind of clouded sometimes i think zaran really nailed it when it would have been better if it was written first person present tense because now we are thinking well is l once she becomes an adult because like i tried to write off like what evan's talking about where she's like no one in a right mind would do this and then she does that exact thing as like naomi novik trying to capture the kind of like fickleness of a teenager you know just kind of like that oh, yeah. anti rebelliousness yeah. but like so does she have that still whenever she's telling this story to us in the years past and it makes me think like so she's always just like a fickle bitter teenager i think this would have been totally better if this was told in like a frame shift yeah frame type shift of story. yeah like a third person i don't understand what you mean story. by frame shift like name of the wind like where you have like a third oh, person oh God, frame okay. or like um 
Assassin's Apprentice would be frameshift too. Oh uh, yeah, okay. technically it is. Yeah. Like your narrator is telling you what's happening presently about something that happened to them in the past. They're essentially recounting your story for you as they narrate it. This is like how we've already stated that like Elle is like, she's talking to us what's happening. She's talking words. She's talking to us about what's happening to her in the current moment. Yeah. But in the past yeah. tense, yes. In the style of a journal entry. Right. Yeah, I think that's the that's the cool thing about um, you know, Assassin's Apprentice and, and all the Fitz uh, the Farseer books and stuff is that Fitz at the beginning and at the end has like a little journal entry where he's just like, ah, like, you know. Uh and then and then also there's um with some of in some parts uh in the chapter breaks and stuff, it'll be like some sometimes it's from Fitz's journal, but a lot of times you know, and, and Sanderson does this a lot too. Um, for the epigraphs. Yeah, the epigraphs, you know. Um, but I think that um, the the mechanic that that Hob is using with Farseer, for the most part, with Fitz, is that he is just like an old man sitting down and writing out his life story. And so you you kind of like, once that seed is planted, you kind of like, you, you're aware of that for the entirety of the of the narrative of the first person narrative but that yeah i agree like with this but with these books it is kind of like I, now that i said it <laughs> i'm not trying to rewrite these for novak or whatever but it's now that i said it i do think it would have actually been way cooler to set this in third person and have l interject with footnotes that actually yep. would have been really awesome because you could have kept all yeah. of like all of L's personality, kind of like um, the Emperor's new groove, you know, where like Kuzco would like stop the movie sometimes and like and like have like a marker and stuff. Like L could have been like the Kuzco yeah. character, you know. And I think that would have like it would have worked so much better in my opinion. But like also, I'm so also, happy that you worked in and reference seamlessly. Right seamlessly, I'm so that proud of myself. So good, so slick. But yeah, also, I, I feel it. to give Naomi Novik some more credit too, I do think that like she is going for something here and i think she might be nailing it and it's just not rubbing up against our taste i don't think she's for you babe i don't think she's for me yeah i mean i liked uprooted just fine i think i think maybe i'm still going to read temeraire because i just I, I like her writing like i i don't think she's a bad writer at all i just i think that um she's just very long-winded like really really long-winded like this is and he these, has a weird these books way feel longer than they are yeah these books feel longer than they are for me personally they do like, kind of yeah. One thing I did I really like. Find... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I always find that sometimes the most frustrating books are those three hundred page novels that read like they're seven hundred pages long. Yeah, totally. But not for yeah, like this lack could have been writing. benefited with longer, with more pages. It would have felt less long. Give me more stories, so I'm not like left wondering so much, you know, and reading back, thinking like, did I miss something? And I just wanted it to be more succinct. Yeah focused yeah yeah like a little more focused, focused one thing i did really part. like uh yeah. was there's kind yeah, of like we can talk about stuff we liked we just complained for like 20 yeah, minutes yeah yeah so go for it chad no no <laughs> bring and, us back and, and don't baby. get me wrong i actually really like these books like i i really enjoyed the page to page like they're fun they're exciting the characters while sometimes like really trying and exhausting are like not they're not not there like they're not not interesting um they're not like super dynamic or anything like i don't think that Character oh, Ryan is necessarily pretty cool. Naomi Novik's like super strategy, yeah, uh, super super strength. But uh, I do really like the like. Don't get me wrong, I have a lot of questions about them, but that's really because 
she's made me care about the story to the point that I'm like, I want to know how this world works more. And one thing I did really like was this, there's kind of like this sub lesson um, that sometimes when we think life or in this instance, the school uh, is out to get L like L's constantly for the first half of his book being like the school's out to get me when like in reality. And I think this is maybe true in life also when we think things are out to get us, like the literal opposite is happening. The school's actually trying to be like, Hey, look, you're there's a opportunity that I'm giving you that you can actually change the way that this the school works foundationally and help all future students of school. So I kind of like that, like her thinking that the school was out to get her. But in reality, the actual opposite was happening. And I think that there's a, a greater life lesson to be learned there, which I thought was cool. Chad, I think that's a beautiful lesson. I'm, it's, it's so cool that you recognize that. How the fuck did the school Thank know you. to tell her that, though? Like, because it's like <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Kind of, kind of alive. Fight your sources <laughs> like, right now. Like that's like what that's like the kind of thing that I'm just. That's why this this series is all vibes. Like it's just like eh. Like <laughs> it's just how it happened. Like it's just and it maybe it'll explain in the next book. Maybe I'm counting my chickens or whatever. Insert what, an idiot. What do you guys think here. happened to the Bangkok enclave? What's happening to Bangkok? It's all hearsay, man. It's all rumors. It's all propaganda, man. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> These people that don't, don't we know. haven't received the news from afar. We don't know. I do think it's interesting that the only way that these people are able to get their news is from incoming freshmen. Right. 14 year olds. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I said this last episode, but it really feels like they're in the big brother house where it's just they're on lockdown. There's no contact unless a like a serious world event happens. I would go crazy, honestly. And I feel like maybe these kids are all just crazy at this. Like all the, like once you've been in the school for like six years or so or however long they're in here. These kids are malnourished. They don't see the sun. I'm sure they don't have access to vitamin D supplements. <laughs> Mentioned that they would trade like toothpaste for like a bunch, bunch, bunch of meals because like they don't get to see a dentist for the next four years. Dude, like, okay, magic honestly, it's a prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying there's something nefarious about this. Like this isn't just like a, a school that's like, oh, shucks. I don't know how to be Do you guys school. remember the school's official like, motto? It's in wisdom, shelter. That is the literal motto of the school, which seems like the opposite, though I do kind of think if you really get like super deep with it, that it's like the wisdom of the school is that the life is so freaking dangerous that you must come together and work with each other in order to be able to face it and get through it, you know? So maybe like it, like it seems really hypocritical at first, but if you look at it deeper, it's maybe that like being sheltering together like coming un through unity there is strength and that is the wisdom maybe because it does seem just like on its surface like a ridiculous motto when you look at the reality of the school which is trying to kill everybody all the time like why would the school and like anything about it be that cryptic like i don't understand like don't like if it's trying if it's like a, if this is a life and death situation you know what i mean like wisdom is shelter like what the hell does that mean you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'd be pissed if I went to this school and I was like, oh, wow, cool, cryptic motto. What am I supposed to do with that? You know, like, oh, cool. Like when I. Like... Yeah, I just feel like we're missing foundational information about how the school works and how life like the wizarding world outside the school of man's works that like I really would aid my experience of this of this story. I really hope we see more of that. That'd be really cool yeah. to, to like. I mean, it is kind of a cool mechanic and a really cool thing that's happening is that like they don't really know anything like they they're just no. at this school so that is kind of neat yeah I don't, what do you think is up with uh l's mom 
I was going to be my next train of thought. I ask we, I ask we go down because I, I think that predicting that the opening scene of the golden enclave, it's going to be like our first encounter of Elle and her mom together. Because obviously when she goes through the portal, you go through, you get out at your induction point, which is essentially like where the school takes you. Right. You just magically poof away. I'm pretty sure. So she's going to pop in at the yurt. And I feel like we're going to meet up with Elle's mom. And I'm curious to see how that interaction goes. I think mom's advice of don't of watch out for Orion or whatever is going to be purely based upon something that Orion's parents did. The New York Enclave, I think Evan's onto something when there's something nefarious going on outside the world that's affecting the school that also is going to be tied into the Bangkok Enclave being entirely destroyed. Like the New Yorkers are trying to right some wrong or balance some magical thing out in the world that killed the Bangkok Enclave and she doesn't want her daughter having anything to do with this Orion Lake or the Lake family as as a whole, maybe. It's so interesting because I'm not a parent, but I know that parents want to shield their children and protect them from danger. Yet you put them in the worst place on earth. I mean, apparently the worst place would be not putting them in the school at all. So Right. I think like, that's a little bit of information that helped me kind of stomach the school a tiny bit. It's a lose-lose situation. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just like either a uh, 66% chance of death or 95%, you know, in, in or out. So uh, I have like this kind of, some would call it annoying, but you know, others would call it totally understandable habit of going on Reddit right after I'm done with a book and seeing what everybody else thought about it. Um, and so I found this Reddit thread where somebody said, is L pregnant like her mother? Is this one Ooh. of those history repeats itself things? And typically I won't like, I want the, our conversation on the podcast to be as, as organic as possible. But like, I saw this and I was like, I got to ask. That's a real good uh, question. Is that, is, is that what her mother was trying to shield her from? And if she is pregnant, will the New York and London or possibly even the world fight over her? Elle never finished the last syllable of the spell. So is there a chance of, oh, no, never mind. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, do you, do you all think that Elle might be pregnant? I mean, did they use protection? I don't think that the school would supply condoms if it doesn't let you eat ice cream, you know? Yeah, so, straight up. So, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably, but, like, not. I don't think that Elle's mother has any way on the outside of, like, kind of even getting close to thinking, like, well, my daughter might develop a romantic relationship with Orion Lake character. Like, it seems like there's very little communication happening from inside the school and outside. So I think her warning has something to do other other than, like, I don't think that's tied in with her being pregnant. Right, Whether or yeah. not she's pregnant or not, I think there's a good chance that she is. I don't really have much to say about that point. I just thought it was, I just hadn't really thought it at all. And then I saw the question and I was like, whoa. But yeah. I don't think she's pregnant. She's probably not. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't know. That's not the vibe this book's giving me. Pregnancy trope? Yeah, I only think that because it's like history repeating itself and the balance of like, you know, because like basically the exact oh, yeah, same thing that right. happened to her parents her, it happened to her. Like right. they hooked So that's like why, that's then, what I'm Ryan saying. Saved, yeah. Yeah. But something must have happened between Elle's parents and the lakes in order in order for her to feel like that because Orion's mom is the domina of New York so she's the head of the New York Enclave. So she's a very powerful woman with an influence. I don't know. I think we're going to have to figure We're going to find out in the next book. Cause... Did you guys feel the romance between Orion and Elle? Did you think it was kind of thrust upon them? How did you guys tell me about your thoughts there? Eh, I don't know. 
I think they were just horny teams. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not seeing much of it. Like, like I, I get it why they would, but I, like, they're, they're not going to be old people holding hands, no. like fifty <laughs> years from now. No, I, like sitting by the lakeside in peace. No, <laughs> no. I didn't feel very much chemistry between them, but I think that also. Like kind of to Zoran's point, like I mean, I feel like they just they've it's like a it's almost like a proximity thing in this school. Like it's almost like this kind of like we're around each other, we spent a lot of time together recently, we're both attracted to each other and we're both in this hellish place. So why yeah, not like let's just ourselves. go I mean, because I, I don't feel a lot I don't I still don't feel like a bunch of chemistry between them. No, personally. well especially because L does nothing besides like make fun of him and put him down and generally like cast. And I get that, like, you know, being mean to like, like the schoolyard love, right? Like, yeah. it's like where you kind of bully the other one. And like, I get that, but like, does that still happen? That's that didn't happen to me in my high school. Not that, you know, it was like Magnus to refrigerator or anything in my high school, but like, you know, I feel like that was kind of like maybe like a very much a younger thing. And it's happening. And I don't know. I just didn't like that about L's. Like, if you're actually into him, stop making fun of him constantly and just like, like be with him or don't just stop like putting him down, you know, made me not like her as a person. You're not a girl, Chad. You don't get it. You don't I know that is very else, true. Chad. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> I did like yeah. the little date. That was fun. Yeah, for sure. I think it was just, um, I don't know for me. Just, just was, I just wasn't super. It wasn't like I was okay. like, Oh, why are they? I, I, it made sense when it happened. For sure, but I wasn't the only like thing I like as much killing as monsters as getting with you. <laughs> I mean, I just I just wasn't you know kicking my feet, you know. <laughs> I wasn't like no. oh no. my god, like <laughs> like that didn't feet. yeah that didn't happen at all. I was like I oh, had wow, look at I had some like funnier opinions, but I don't think they're appropriate for the podcast. I can edit anything, Zoran. Let's hear it. Patreon. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Orion. Is good at this, dude. No, he's definitely. He's hey, you never he's know. No, you know. No, he gives me two pump chomp energy. It's over, and he'll be like, "That was good, right?" And I'll be like, "Dude, no." She'd be too worried about like, "Can we turn the lights off so you don't see me?" Because I'm super insecure. Like, I don't think I don't think either of them are coming out as Don Quixotes here. <laughs> no, I think. In the- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Orion thinks it's great, and L thinks for sure it's he does extremely okay. <laughs> yeah. But she'll do it again because she's got no other options in this joint. You are so. That right. was another. I was. I was just gonna say, like, it doesn't seem like. I think that was one of the things that made it seem a little bit more believable is because L was just like not into like anybody else in this school. Uh, so, I mean, and she does. There's like parts where she is admittedly attracted to orion too you know what i mean so totally i didn't mean it before to like not to like sound like i didn't think that they made any sense at all like they do but like i said like yeah it's just kind of like i was just like lukewarm about it and to zoran's point probably wasn't even that good anyway yeah <laughs> if i was Orion, i wouldn't be like chasing after it after half of this book i'd be like no nah, all this woman does is just like make fun of me all the time put me down and it says like you're the Chats, only Chats one making any mana for the enclave and you're not even taking she basically calls him like a ginormous uh like wuss like the whole time and then it's just like come on dude like he's actually the one saving everybody and you like him come on 
So one thing I did really appreciate about this book was um, Elle taking the time to develop the her relationships like with her girlfriends, like Adia, Lou, and Chloe, because I feel like Elle could have easily been I'm not like other girls. I will never be friends with another girl. All do all girls do is treat me like crap. And, you know, she's just kind of like turns a cold shoulder to really anyone. And so she could have really easily been like very like averted towards having female friendships. But I really appreciated that she opened up a lot more in this book. And she got there was a lot of like on page time of her hanging out with Adia and Lou and doing almost normal things. And Chloe, yeah, and Chloe. And they were like raising little mice and having little familiars. And I just, I really liked those little moments. She even rejected it quite a bit, but then kind of accepted it after a while, which was a really cool lesson and growth period for her to learn. I felt it. She seemed really surprised when Chloe, like not only was pretty open to the idea of of helping um, with the shared mana thing, uh, but also when Chloe was like, is it cool if I like join your guys' team? You know, and she wanted I, to hate like Chloe so much. I in know, this book. yeah. I, I think that, yeah, that was a pretty cool part of this book. Is that some like that's a really cool notice, Zoran, is that um, this could have gone a certain way and probably right. would have still been a fairly successful book. But it's cool that Novik was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this up a little bit. Like, I'm gonna have this and another cool lesson, right? Because, like, we don't, we often get in our heads as to like who someone is we like build a character based off of two or one interaction with a person of like who that person is to their very core their their soul of their being and really we have very little evidence to actually go from that we've just been judging a book by its cover and that's and like she did with chloe she wanted to hate chloe so much but chloe was just like being an actual genuinely good person over and over and over again that she was like fine we'll be friends and so i thought that was a good lesson as well Yeah, it was probably my favorite part because I just think in like fantasy in general, or even maybe it's me and the type of fantasy that I read, it's female friendship is total goes under words. Female friendship goes (laughs) unnoticed and it's it's often underrated. And so I just appreciate it when it's there. Okay, so Zoran, you mentioned they um because I totally agree with everything you just said about the female relationships. Love that. You mentioned though a little part that I have some I want to talk about a little bit was their their familiars the little mice the little mice and precious the little mice which was just like cute and fun Your and like honor, a great I love them yeah great great part of the book that I felt I liked I was like excellent 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 but there was like I think a a more story there than maybe I even thought there was because upon further like looking it over there was like a lot of interchange between precious. Elle's specific rat and her that it, she like mentions multiple times that it was like actually becoming a familiar though again we don't get told what that means like definitionally within the confines of the story like I know what a familiar is for like a wizard but what that means in this world I have no idea but she was like oh wow it's actually exuding signs of familiarness because it's like doing what I want and stuff and then it like multiple times the precious kind of doesn't want her to be with Orion it's like kind of squeaking and like making a, a a ruckus when she's like getting close to him. Do you guys feel that at all? What do you think is happening there? It's giving foreshadowing. <laughs> okay. Mouse squeak shadowing? Yeah. Okay. I have one more question before we kind of make a few more predictions and kind of start wrapping this up. Um, so I noticed Are that there was moving wasn't... on from the mice? I mean, we can end on the mice if you want. 
Yeah, yeah let's, 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 I, let's well, no, a little harder on the mic. Chad oh, you want to keep going? Asked a very thoughtful question oh, about I, the mic. He said it was giving. <laughs> he said it was giving foreshadowing, and I was like, "That's yeah, enough for I, me." Yeah, I thought Sorry. maybe you there. would have something to add. Oh, I don't have anything to add. What's your rat shadow thoughts? I don't have anything. Nothing. No rat shadowing. Uh, <laughs> you can fun. you can say more. You can say more. No, I just I wanted you to have your opinion too. Nah, I don't really. Do you think? Yeah. I just do don't have the mice much, are I... like because the mice like freak out whenever the mouths come around the malficaria is that like them just like having instincts about like things that are dangerous or is there like is there a deeper message that the mice are trying to give us is that my, I think that's my what my question is I'm I think so I mean I honestly okay. I feel like precious is kind of like a little service animal like a canary yeah, in a corner yeah, <laughs> support <laughs> she can detect bad vibes and okay. so I. Tell me all. I want one of those. I want a, I want a little rat and a little rat, a bandolier. I had a rat when I was young. His name was the Squishy. The cup she hangs out in. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I definitely Squishy. Think... Yeah, I had a rat named Squishy. Squishy? Yeah. Uh, he was so a squishy. smart little dude. They're really smart. You can teach them all sorts of stuff. See, and that's why they're perfect familiars. Service what would be rats. your familiar? If you could pick one, what would be your familiar? Oh, good question. Yeah, we got to know. We gotta I think I want something that flew. Like a falcon. I, th op, I, my instinct is also bird. Yeah. I think but a also... cat familiar. I want a cat. Oh man, that'd be so cool. I literally own a cat. <laughs> but something that could fit in my pocket That's would such also such a weird be... thing to I, like, say. Have a cat familiar. <laughs> you do have a cat familiar. What are you saying, Zaran? Uh, something could fit in your pocket, you said? Yeah. Like a frog. Oh, so it can always be with you. That's the sweetest answer. Yeah. But I also it would be I needed to be able to do stuff. Like I needed to be able to like pick blocks or help me fit in small spaces in case I did crime. Send messages to your friends. Yeah. That's where totally. the bird would come in handy. Yeah, the bird you, I yeah, I don't know. I think a, a bird for sure with like a like an owl. You're all gonna like... have birds? I mean I said cat, which I think is a I did good say answer. cat. That was like a like cat was like my knee jerk reaction. Maybe like a like an iguana. You know, Ooh, cool. like they're so wise, you know, like a bearded uh, dragon. This is not a going cat on. could be tricky, though, because they often cats have their own mind and their own attitude. They're so independent. They're not you good in teams. You can decide that they don't want to do what you want to do. Well, maybe that's totally. that's a that's what a familiar is for, though. You know, it's like maybe I'm maybe I'm doing something stupid and my cat familiar is just like, bro, I don't know about this. Like, probably not a good we'll keep you on the path of the narrow. Yeah. Though I feel right. like maybe not. It might like goad you into doing something stupid just to watch you fail and laugh, you know? Not my familiar. Something my cat would. Evan, what was your question before I got upset about you not wanting to go on about Oh, okay. Mice? I was going to say, um, so as we kind of move forward towards the end of this, I wanted to ask one more question before maybe we do some predictions and stuff. But um, I noticed that there wasn't a whole lot of attention given to this prophecy. Uh yeah, and Zoran's face just lit up because she was like, "Oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, do you think that anything in this book kind of shed more light on that um, for you personally? Do you feel like you now understand a little bit more? Like, what, what are your thoughts about this prophecy that El is gonna do all kinds of horrible stuff? Well, go ahead, Zoran. No, you go first. Okay, I think it's so weird, right? Because prophecies predict the future, and what have we seen? Like, kind she's like of, the opposite. Like of the yeah i guess and maybe 
maybe by the prophecy being a thing, it makes her be not that thing and resistant to it because she's like a rebel or whatever. But I mean, even about halfway through this point, uh, through this book, they're like doing tarot cards, which are very like prophetic in nature, right? And everyone that Elle gets is like the Tower of Destruction, the like Eel of Death. And it's like, <laughs> it's like all again, reinforcing the fact that she is, it, she is de designed to destroy the wizarding community or wizards, but like maybe it's the wizarding community. I don't know. I think it'll be very like, how the prophecy plays out will be very esoteric. Like she destroys like the community that was like, or the clickiness or something about wizards that, and they'll be more accepted. She destroys like a bad cultural aspect of wizard and witches or something. I mean, cause destruction isn't always bad, right? Like destruction as, as a word uh, in a, and prophecies are always very uh, cryptic anyway. So I think maybe what I'm starting to think is like maybe her grandmother um, on her dad, her paternal grandmother, uh, seemed to or was it, or was it her great-grandmother i can't remember um <clears throat> it was her grandma i think i'm getting different books mixed up in my head but um <laughs> anyway i think that uh maybe l is just more is, is such a force for change that even if it was prophesized it would look bad from a certain from most contexts right uh like like her and orion like i said before are once they're called game changers like they're 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 once in a in a thousand years kinds of wizards you know um, no, they're once so, a generation once in a generation i guess the fact but, that they're both in one the same generation sure i should years. say that yeah hey. but but anyway like um like a, a wizard like no you're totally you, you that was a good correction but like i just mean that it makes sense that somebody that had seen that prophecy or you know was able to make prophecies or whatever would be like oh my god like you know if i somebody saw if i met somebody and it was like prophesized that they were gonna like destroy the music industry or something i'd be like oh that person probably sucks you know what i mean but it's like well no actually they made it turns out they, they're elvis they, they destroyed the 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 way that 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 spotify makes money and they actually have to pay their artists like way more so they like destroyed right. so spotify like Sam like, you know what i mean oh yeah Sam, totally uh, we do a whole podcast about sam cook i know uh, <laughs> destroy and like destruct and to be destructive because could also just mean like disrupt sure. which is something yeah. that she has been doing this entire book or what she started doing when they enacted the plan for the graduation run and to disrupt the system of the scholomance and take it down essentially it seems a little hyperbolized though right because she's not getting the tarot card of change she's literally getting the tower of death like that doesn't really seem like she's going to disrupt the system like, it's like she's yeah but the tarot cards are bullshit anyway trying... maybe it's a red herring totally, totally. it's a red herring you know yeah like, you're probably right i was yeah. trying to pull meaning from something yeah, and you were doing like... a fantastic job i'm sorry zoran <laughs> wow chad we, we bring zoran on the podcast I know. Just totally strike a button against both of you now. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do shit. I didn't steamroll anybody. You didn't want to talk about the familiars. Well, I'm deleting That's that true. part. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I'm going to look great no matter what. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of being the editor. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do predictions. Let's talk about what we think okay. is going to happen in the third book. And uh, I don't think... Has has Novik said that she's going to write any more in this universe? Has anyone? I think that third book just came out like not. last year, right? Like less than a year ago, I think, um, or maybe about a year. I have no ago. idea. Can I go first? Go for it, Chad. Okay, cool. So I think that 
it's going to pick up immediately after the end of the first one, just like this one did, or after the end of this book, it's going to pick up just like seconds later, like this one did with the uh, first one. And I think she's going to be like, no, I need to go back in to get Orion out. And she's going to be like, I didn't, wasn't able to finish my incantation. Thus there's still hope, yada, yada. And then she's going to use these new spells that she got from this like Sanskrit golden stone sutra book uh, to somehow reopen and reinvigorate that. And like her first enclave is going to be the skull school she's gonna end as like the headmistress of it and orion's gonna be the headmaster and they're going to be like teaching the new students uh moving forward but i think they are going to be a lot of like outside drama and politics with like the whole bangkok thing in new york and his orion's mom's gonna get involved but probably gonna die so i think <laughs> cool so Ryan. you chad you thought way more about that than me always <laughs> <laughs> I think it too specific. I was just gonna say that okay, so they're out of the school, which was something we predicted after a deadly education that book three was not going to take place at the school. And I think I'm under the belief that their spell didn't finish out and the Scalamance isn't destroyed, and Elle is gonna have to get Orion back. So I think she's gonna try to get the band back together. She's gonna have to find her friends, and I think that they're gonna go back to the Scalamance to like reinstall the software and fix it again. Oh my God. Can I take the mic from you again real fast? Yeah. You just inspired a new prediction in me that I think to add on to yours, I think that the way that they're going to learn that Orion is still alive is someone's going to put on the power share ring and just realize that it has so much juice stored up in it. And it's because Orion has been in the school just causing massacring, doing what he loves most, which is just killing the Malifus or whatever's, and so the, he's building up this huge pool, and they're going to be like, oh my god, he's still alive. Look at this huge pool. What do you think of that, huh? I huh? like that. I, I like, like it too. That. In addition to like unplugging it and plugging it back in and blowing on it to try to restart, the, reboot the school. Fully, and 64 cell. I'm just cell. Evan, metaphors. I love it. Um, so, I mean, I think that like what we're kind of like drifting towards here is like, I think that these books are like about like recognizing systems Right and 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 like and dismantling those systems from positions where you're participating in them as well. Right, so it's like Ooh. I think that like that seems to be like what the general thrust of these books is like. Like L is like recognizing like the 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 inadequacies. She's recognizing the problems inherent to the school and not only the school but like the the culture she's a part of and like the world that she's a part of. So I think that kind of like to my point earlier about like her and Zoran's point earlier about her being like this kind of like force of disruption and destruction, you know, uh, and, and kind of, um, misrepresented by this, uh, misunderstood by this uh, prophecy. I think that like, we're going to see like a lot more about like, um, not not only like the inner workings of how all of this really works and who's suffering because of it you know like there's there seems to be like a lot of like class divides and stuff there seems to be a lot of um like kind of like an uh inherited privilege through the uh the enclaves and stuff like that so i think that mostly what the third book is going to be about is just like dismantling and trying to find alternatives to like what the school is and like if the school may be maybe the school is like a um uh, a symptom of like a larger like uh, like problem in this community that L needed to figure out along with some some friends that she made along the way. So like that, I think that's like what the third book is going to be. 
Totally. And even though she's so bitter, her her sphere of what she wants to affect a change upon gets bigger with like every chapter, right? It's like, first of all, it's just her getting into Enclave. Then she doesn't want to be in an Enclave. Then she wants to like just save her friends. And then she's like, you know what? We're saving the entire senior class. And then she's like, no, actually, scratch that. We're doing the whole school. Actually, we're doing all <laughs> we're doing everybody all time, yeah. everywhere. Totally. Yeah. Through yeah. the power of friendship, all will yeah. be. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think Novik seemed to really go into this with a mindset of like really disagreeing with like inherited privilege and 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 um, like class divides and things like that. And to that, I will say, bravo, uh, Naomi Novik, because doing that through yeah, destroying hierarchical structures. I think it's fucking badass. Like it's pretty cool. It's like probably one of the coolest parts about this whole series. Um, And but with that being said, uh, still. Yeah, the um, <laughs> it's just such a flood of information. Sometimes it's just a, it's an interesting style, I will say. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> style. <laughs> Go for it, Sarah. So I just wanted to say, like throughout, like re- reading these books and recording these episodes and discussing them with you both, I've found it is like obviously I didn't like a deadly education, and I liked this one more. And normally with a three star book like this, I would just like shut the book and move on and try not to think about it because I would just think about all the things I didn't like about it. Because I don't know, that's kind of how three-star books like usually land for me but I've just I really appreciate like just sitting down and discussing all of this with you guys and picking things apart and pulling out things that I actually found that I did enjoy about this book more than I initially thought I did upon reading the last page and I don't think I would have realized that if I hadn't talked about The Last Graduate with you which i think is like really cool and it's like the power of reading and books and friendship Friendship. marriage i couldn't agree more i just think that's like a really cool thing to do and like just to think about it's like oh i actually did like there's a lot of things i did enjoy about this even though i didn't love the way this book was delivered yeah totally even experiencing something in a growing this has kind of been from the start of the podcast and i've said it a bunch of times like reading a book from the perspective of not only having to talk about it but in a group setting like with evan and i and then everyone listening along it's benefited the amount of value that i get out of each and every book that we read and more to your point almost especially the ones that i didn't like as much because you're kind of forced to sit there and think about it a little bit more and really like what okay let's find something that i really liked here and then you're like oh wow that was actually a cool lesson in there and i would have missed that if i would have been reading it on my own um and so yeah that's been so true what you just said zoran has been so true um and even more true that we've got you a third added onto us adding more uh angles more nuance more perspective it's really just increased the amount of value that i get from the books and i have uh well, you guys specifically and all of our listeners to thank for that. So very blessed. Yeah, it's just really nice because reading is a solitary experience. And as like content creators, as I'm sure um, Evan can relate, it's like, yeah, we talk about the books we read with all of our with our community and all of our followers. But like at the end of the day, it's just me talking to my phone right. about <laughs> yeah. the books I read. And I'm not actually like discussing them with people in the room, you know. So the, I don't know. It's just it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we always try cool. to tell our listeners and we try to tell ourselves, like, if you're reading something and you're just not really that into it, it's probably best to just, like, pack it up and, like, move on to something else. But also, there is the other side of that coin, which is, you know, like like Jay-Z said in that famous interview where he's like, people are listening to an albums and, and, and reviewing them after a day. Like, you can't 
uh, like absorb an album and and then review it in a day you know you need to listen to it more and i think that that kind of applies to books to a certain extent too sometimes where it's like just because something turns you off you know like the writing the i gotta i gotta admit the first chapter of a deadly education i was like shit what did we get ourselves into because i really don't like this like i it's, it was all over the place I, it, for me it was like one of the worst first chapters in a book that i've read for this podcast where i was just wow. like i can't i don't like this um but i felt that way about l <laughs> I like the see. character i like, just didn't like her initially but like, but like you know obviously you know you have to use your best judgment but definitely also um you know like sticking with stuff every now and then and just kind of like giving it a little bit more of a chance like that's why my rule is typically like 100 pages like if like and after 100 pages of reading a deadly education i was like okay cool like i, I think i know what's going on here and i'm, I'm excited to talk to uh, zoran and chat about it but i think like you can you'd be surprised you know after like 10 pages if you're like this is terrible give it like another 40 or 50 like just give it the yeah, old call and out, try, read with you know. a buddy and read with other people yeah that helps i can't tell you how many times i've been like yeah. uh kind of down on something then i get a text from evan who's like excited about some element in the book and i'm like oh yeah that is really cool actually and now yeah. i'm writing his excitement um so yeah I, I really think that just way more value can be had when and when you can do it with another person and Zoran, you know, you you said you you said you were never going to read Malazan, but me and Chad are going to read on the podcast, and like we we seem to be a pretty good team. We're, we're not averse. An accountability buddy for that series, or even just <laughs> the so first important. book, just it's might so be important. what I need because yeah. the internet has turned me off from wanting to even attempt to even look at the book on my shelf. And I can say for certain, I've said that people will get mad at me when they listen to me say this. I know, I know it. I know you're sitting there and you're about to get mad at me. So just just, <laughs> just understand that I know this. Yeah, I'm about Gar to get mad at him too. I'm Gardens like, of the Moon <laughs> is not a very good book. <laughs> like, oh, like, no, I agree. <laughs> I mean, the first Malazan of the Book of the Fallen is like... I wouldn't say it's not good, it's, not it's bad. just confusing. It's not bad at all. But it's just like, it. Like once you get into Deadhouse Gates, it's like, oh here we go you know what i mean like yeah, gardens of the totally. moon it's i mean it's as far as like uh just general if you were just to kind of like Exhausting. put it i mean it's it it's still a really cool book like i got there even though you don't really know what the hell is going on sometimes it's like there's still some pretty there's like like the lows in malazan are better than the highs in some other fantasy series you oh, know for sure uh, but anyway um the other first book um is really confusing but like having some some kind of community and like having just like another person to read books with like i know that i tried soloing malazan you know and if i tried reading i feel like if i tried reading um uh the expanse by myself you know like yeah that would have been cool but like being able to talk to chat about it was like I mean, it's so it much was, better it was so much better <laughs> i mean and i really love yes the you need an accountability buddy sometimes yeah, yes yeah especially with uh, accountability buddy <laughs> so i was gonna ask though for our read through for uh wow cool sorry uh i was gonna ask you zoran since you've read throne of glass um when chad and i go read throne of glass should we do the tandem read and for our listeners can you explain like what the tandem read is Wait, so the tandem for chad read... can you explain it to chad yeah can you explain <laughs> to me what that is okay so the second uh, um in the second half of the series there's um the books empire of storms and tower of dawn those are the third and second to the last books 
those books, um, they take place during the same time period as each other. And so initially when the books came out, it was Empire of Storms and then Tower of Dawn. Obviously, people had to read them in the publication order. So you would read Empire of Storms first, then Tower of Dawn and figure out like what a certain character was doing in the place that they were they were in during um, Empire of Storms and vice versa. But when people realized that those books took place during the same time period, people some person on the internet or some people they figured out like which chapters you could read from either book going back to back and forth so you mesh both books oh. into one yeah so you can mesh both oh. books into one and you could get a totally different reading experience so you read a little cool. bit of empire of storms and then you go read a little bit of tower of dawn and there's guides online that you can look up okay. now when i went and when I read Throne of Glass, um, I asked myself the same question. Do I just read in publication order or do I do the tandem read? I ended up just doing Empire of Storms and then Tower of Dawn. I did not do the tandem read, mostly because I did not want to be bouncing back and forth between the audiobooks. I didn't want to break up. I didn't want to like have a guide on hand. I It was so purely an element of like, I just didn't being do it. a purist as well, you know, like yeah, reading so it I as just, they were produced. If I reread this series, would I, I I would consider maybe doing the tandem read, but um I just wanted to like cruise right through the audiobooks truthfully. And I still had a really good reading experience. Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn are actually like my favorite books in the series. Okay. So do we read do we read Assassin's Blade after Throne of Glass? Everyone has a different opinion. I you always recommend words we value your opinion right. yeah. so i went throne of glass crown of midnight which is the second book then assassin's blade then air of fire okay queen of shadows empire of storms tower of dawn so there are there are eight books um but should like do we have to read assassin's blade for Yes. The podcast? Okay, cool. I was curious. Yes, she so says. Damn, this is going to take us a fucking long time to read If you want certain emotional punches to land for you later in the series, yes. I feel like that's the sort of juice that these books revolve around. Is so you read, them in, you read them in release order, not chronological order. Yeah, I read them in release order. Okay, because that's because Assassin's Blade came out in March 2014 and Air of Fire came out in September 2014. Are so we you... still potting right now? I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll throw it up on there. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll anyway, actually, we got like way <laughs> off track. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to okay. our episode for The Last Graduate. We've got one more episode here with Zoran. We'll probably bring Zoran back on the podcast at some point, of course. But Hell yeah, this, we will. this will end our um, our scholomancing after this next book here. So stay tuned for the next episode, which is The Golden Enclaves, which I'm sure is a, a fun and a half. You know, I'm sure it's all kinds of fun. Um, did I skull love it? No, but did I skull? I didn't like skull it hate it. Yes, I did. I didn't skull hate it. Hate it. No. I skull liked it. I, I skull liked, liked it quite a bit. I skull liked it. Um, but again, right. everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you hanging for this whole episode and for the Throne of Glass talk at the very end there. <laughs> I forgot that we were still recording. Uh, but yeah, we will talk about uh, Golden Enclaves and only the Golden Enclaves in the next episode. So yeah, We promise tuned. no rabbit trails. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until then, everybody, I uh, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, friends. Bye, everybody.